I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello there, and welcome to the Adoption Chronicles. Today we're on episode 12, and this is the podcast where you get to hear about all the adoption stories that everyday people come on the show and tell us about their adoption story. Today we're joined by a very special guest who's not living in Australia anymore, so as much as uh, Betty is our second international guest she's as australian as i am welcome to the show betty ballard g'day mick how are you and you're coming to us all the way from cyprus i am yes that's exciting so um yes welcome as our second international guest but um yes as you as you'll um rightly tell us you're as australian as i am yes yes i was born in um, Mirabara, Queensland, back in 1951. Right. And uh, I ended up growing up in Childers, which is not that far from Mirabara. Right. And, yeah, so you travelled around a little bit. Now, I guess one of the, uh, I, I guess a little bit of a theme that's run through most of the episodes is that most of the people have found out they were adopted from a very, very young age. And as we heard in episode 11 with Julia, she found out she was adopted when she was 27, but that's not the case for you, is it, Betty? You found out when you were much older. I found out just a few weeks after I turned 68. Wow. So how did you (laughs) receive that news? Uh, I remember telling... um, it was the woman that I regarded as my um, cousin once removed, That you know, the daughter of my cousin. Yep. Um, 
I remember saying, well, that explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a few, few things running through your life that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Is that how I understand that? Yes, yes. You know, the the um, parents I grew up with, Dad was 56 and Mum was 29 when I was born. Right. Um, I didn't know much about Dad's side of the family. He's, they were supposed to have lived in Sydney. Right. Um, so we never had contact with them. But Mum and her siblings all grew up in, in the district and um, they were all very, they were much larger people than me. I was a real skinny kid mm-hmm. and I had straight, straight red hair. They had dark curly hair. Right. You know, the, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, um, and probably not a heritage thing, but I, I expected to have, um, like, the, Dad could sing. Right. He had a great singing voice yeah. and yep. musically he was talented. I'd heard the story where he used to play a violin. Um, he'd sung in a church choir when he was a child. He could play a comb, you know, hair comb. He yep. could play a tune on that. Yep. He could play a tune on a gum leaf. He was just incredible. And Mum had like a soprano voice. She okay. she was. I used to love listening to them singing, but I can't sing a note. Yeah, right. And you're wondering where that went. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, what was that? So you were wondering where all that talent yeah. went. Yeah. I used to say to him, how come I can't sing? I... Um, and I did try to learn to play um, a, a piano, but no. Right. No hope. <laughs> so what were some of the other things that stood out as a bit of a oddity? Um, oh, oh, I know when I was growing up we – Although, as I say, Mum's family lived around the place, we'd go and visit Grandma every two weeks mm-hmm. when, or when it was school holidays, I'd go and visit. But um, none of her siblings would call in with their children. Um, we didn't celebrate birthdays together. We didn't celebrate Christmas together. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, might bump into and be aware of who they all were and they would come and visit if ever grandma or granddad was in hospital, they'd come and visit us. And yep. But um, contact was minimal as far as I went. Right. Um, did that, you know, did that we, have an effect on you growing up? Oh, you know, I, I grew up as an only child, so I... Um, would dearly love to have had siblings around, somebody to play with. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was I play with my dolls and, and I would um you know, oh that's the boy doll, so I'd be talking in a deep voice and, yeah, and yeah. uh <laughs> yeah, creating all these characters and, and um uh yeah, that that would have been lovely and so when I did see them I, I wasn't really comfortable mixing with them because I didn't know how to mix with siblings that well. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. But um, 
Okay. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a lonely life, and and, and but you just accept. Oh, mm. you know, they um, mum and dad don't have people. Then even friends, you know, you didn't go around regularly of a Friday or Saturday night to play cards at somebody's place or mm-hmm. have them come to visit you. You know that. No, I, and I have no idea why that was. Right. No idea. Right. So, mm. how did you find out? Oh gosh, um, it it started with uh, I I used to when Dad died in nineteen eighty four and Mum died in two thousand and two, and after that I decided. Um, a daughter and I decided to have a look for Dad's family, you know, and, and this is pre-DNA days. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for any information. His father was supposed to have been a photographer, so we're looking for photographers back in Sydney in, in the 1900s and all this sort of research going on. Mm-hmm. I found a site called Rich Chat which helped to... Uh, link him to a family in India. Now, that came about because I'd heard Dad talking in an Indian language. Uh, He was talking to a lady and um, Mum had always told a story about him speaking to a a chap that showed up in Childress wanting a haircut and Dad was the only one that could understand what he was asking. Right. Um, So this site put me into family in India and um, most of the details fitted except for the surname. And um, anyway, I managed to make contact with uh, a chap who would have been the grandson of his sister and he did a DNA test and, of course, we didn't match, Mm. which was very, very disappointing because (laughs) there were so many... um, Everything was fitting in really nicely. Anyway, um, uh, my husband decided, well, he'll buy me a DNA test. And I had the DNA test uh, that came back. And, and of course, when you grow up in a family and you get your DNA, it comes back and you see all these names. You think, oh, yes, I know them. I know them Mm -hmm. and and all that. but I looked at them all and I thought, who on earth are these people? I don't know any of them. There's none of the family names I grew up with, you know, and the old English names, Spencer's and Mayfields and Robertson, you know, all that. Instead mm-hmm. I've got Jones and Kilder and Harrisons and who the heck are all these people? Right. Um, um, so I um, sort of looked at them and then just put it aside and then we packed up and moved over here to Cyprus in April 2018. And uh, at the beginning of the next year, 2019, I took another look at the DNA and, and um, started contacting a couple of matches. Now, of course, you've got to realise I don't know I'm adopted at this stage. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking at these higher matches and I contacted a lady in New Zealand who was the daughter-in-law of a cousin and a cousin who's living in Queensland plus another chap who was um, a cousin once removed. And um, so they all helped me and, and the the... 
one from Queensland and then one from New Zealand from the same family. And um, they're all saying, oh, there's this. And you, you, um, the Queensland guy, he sent me an email and he says, oh, you've got a killer in your family. Oh. Oh, I'm looking for an, I'm looking for an exciting murder story here. I reckon. <laughs> it turns out to be just the surname of a, a family. But, um, um, and I'm saying to them all the time, you know, oh, but hang on, where's where's all these people that I grew up with? Where mm. are they? Why aren't they featuring? And um, no, no answers. And the daughter of the cousin that I'd been in touch with, she in um, that I grew up with, she said, well, look, I'll do a DNA test. So, of course, she did that and then the results came back and she said, we're not a match. And I said, but we should be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah, your, your grandmother is um, um, my um, auntie. What's going on? Anyway, um, uh, that's when she said to me, well, Auntie Faye always said you were adopted. And I said, oh, well, that explains a lot then. Mm. <laughs> Why was I an only child um, um, born 10 years after a marriage? Um, yeah. But as it turned out, we had people coming over to stay with us. So when they left a few weeks later, I then applied to the Queensland um, birth, deaths and marriages and got the paperwork sent. And that arrived just before Christmas. So that's when I found out who my birth mum was, where she'd lived. And it included a police report, which um, I don't think is common, but it must have been because it was back in 1951. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so um, uh, what was it after that? Um, yeah, then... And I think it was somebody from there that told me to join the adopted in Australia site. Okay. And I, no, I thought, oh, do I don't I? Oh, I'll just, you know, say a few words about myself. And and um, then this lovely Diane Cuff, she invited me to the AIA help group. And a big shout out to Diane. She's a, oh. a she's a recurring. Um, or oh, nearly a recurring guest on the show. She features heavily and does fantastic work. So, yeah, big shout out oh. to Diane and all the search angels. Oh, too right, too right. Um, and um, just a minute, sorry. You're right. Uh, yeah, so she that would be in January in twenty. 20 and mm -hmm. she um uh said well through today we can help track your father you know we don't have to have his name and uh she tried to explain <laughs> how to go around the process which took a lot of explaining and she said well look start on a, just a bit of a tree start on building a tree well i did i built a forest okay put it yeah, no problems there. Um, and I still wasn't getting it um, 
even though I was doing everything she asked, you know, if I needed to research any information, find out anything, I was doing all that. But as far as putting matches into trees, no, no hope. So she put uh, a search angel on to my case. And as it turned out, search angel lived in um, West Australia. So I knew the area that she was in and all had something to talk about. But she took hours and days and weeks and she got there. She found out who, who the chap was. But, um, and, but going back a little bit, once I got my mother's details and all, um, then we had to work out how to, where to send a letter to because we realised that the um, birth mother had died. So sent a letter off to um, a brother. Mum, that birth mum had gone on to marry and have seven children. Right. So all of a sudden, <coughs> from being an only child, I'm the oldest of eight children. Wow. Yeah. I thought, oh, this is great, and um, but unfortunately, two of them, had, two of the boys, had died in their forties with cancer. Okay. Yes, I don't know if it's a genetic thing, but unfortunately, I lost a daughter to cancer last year, oh, so in the Sorry. same age range, and, and yeah, Sorry makes to you hear wonder. That. Hmm. But anyway, um, so the letter was sent. And because it was going from Cyprus to Queensland, you know, I sort of thought, oh, maybe three weeks. Yep. Four weeks yep. came and went. <laughs> I said to Di, still haven't heard anything. They may have been the letter, you know. And she said, um, uh, she said, well, I'll try and send a um, message to his wife because his wife's on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I did <laughs> send a message. Three days, seven days, <laughs> ten days, still no response. <laughs> Diane says, "What? You still haven't heard?" I said, "No." So Diane happened to spot her on one of the sites that she belongs to, and nice. so she in she became the intermediary and contacted the woman and said, "Oh, you know, there's a message for you," and so forth and so on. And that weekend, I um, had to send. I was asked to send through um, proof of this, you know, statement that I was um, a, a relation, and uh, I did. Um, and this Sunday, the word got through the family that, you know, hey, Mum's had a child before she married. Mm. And, yeah, and um, one of the um, brothers contacted a cousin. Now, the, I'm guessing the reason for that was because my birth name was different to Betty and um, he, the cousin got straight in touch with me and she, and she said, I believe we welcome a new cousin into the family, nice. which was really nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it turns out that this cousin was born 10 months after me to my birth mum's sister and was given my birth name. Right. Yeah. So that told me that I was a wanted child. Yeah. Circumstances, yeah. I couldn't be kept. Yeah. 
yeah. And in those times, the circumstances mm. that would force parents or the the birth parents into adopting their children were a lot more um, fickle than they are now. Mm. And, yeah, and, of course, at this stage, I don't know anything about the background of the, the father. Right. And um, so um, the search angel in WA did manage to um, track him down. He died in 1974. Wow. So, again, I had to write a letter. Yes, he wasn't that very old. Mm. So, again, I had to write a letter and there was one of the, he, as it turned out, he was a married man and he had a 14 and 16-year-old daughters at the time. Right. And my birth mum was 20 at the time. So right. that explained a lot as to she couldn't keep the baby. Yeah. Yep. Talk about yeah. shame and scandal in the family. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so... Um, and he was a um, taxi driver and a scrap metal owner. He owned a scrap metal yard, so he was a bit of a prominent citizen in the town yep. and the community, and his wife was heavily into the church community. So, yeah. Anyway, um, she received the letter. I think it was there. It might have been just through Facebook. But anyway, she of course, was in shop, but the Queensland cousin that I'd been in touch with, um, he was able to sort of corroborate a lot of what I'd been doing and saying, and I'd always been keeping everybody in touch with where I was at with the search and what was coming up, and so... I was always keeping them in the loop. And uh, so he sent her a free testing kit, which, of course, proved our relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so um, she responded but didn't hear anything from her for, oh, probably nine or ten months. Right. But you also had to factor in that she was about 80, 83 at the time, 84. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Both both girls were um, alive. Um, unfortunately, the older one has just passed away a couple of weeks ago. So, right. sad to hear about no, that. No yeah. chance of a conversation there. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to hear. Yeah. yeah, I was sad to hear it, even though I never met or spoken with her. But still. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely, it's an opportunity lost. It, yeah, yeah. The other thing that came out, now remember I said I was in touch with um, uh, two people from Queensland. Yep. One of them was a um, son of a cousin. And it turns out he's he belonged to the branch. Um, oh, the um, my, biolog- my biological grandmother, she married a German. Okay. And when and when Diane had taken my case on, the first thing she said to me was, "You've got no German in you." Mm. 
without that, I don't <laughs> think a lot of these stories would be told because we just wouldn't know. No, no. Uh, talk about family secrets. Yeah. None of um, the cousin that's got my birth name, her and her, her older brother remembered um, my birth father because he used to go to the scrap metal yard. Right. Um, and one of the things he said about him was, oh, we used to love mimicking people. Okay. And... Yeah. As I say, when I was growing up, I thought it was because I was an only child. I used to love taking on different voices. Yeah. And, and we had yeah. we had Italian cane cutters in the family, in the uh, district. So I, uh, it was no problem for me to <laughs> imitate an, an Italian accent. <laughs> there you go. And some people yeah. have it and some people don't. And it can definitely be genetic. Yeah. Yeah. I know very little about him, obviously, until I can sit down and talk with the um, paternal sister. I, um, any information I've got, I've gleaned from Facebook, you know, photos put up or stories put up on Facebook, uh, newspaper clipping. It's quite funny when I, I did the maths, he... he um, had a bit of an accident when he was in his taxi and that was toward the end of January in 1951. Okay. I sort of did maths and I thought, oh, I wonder if he just found that <laughs> he's going to be a father again. Oh. Oh. <laughs> he wasn't concentrating on what he was doing. <laughs> and he ran off the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But... I have to say, you know, that the, the one thing that stood out when I was growing up, I was very um, brought up to be very honest and um, don't exaggerate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And mm -hmm. then I, that was the emotion that sort of came to the top. It um, stayed with me for a few months. I was so angry. How can you have been, you know, hitting me for lying or, or not doing this or what? And, and all the time you've kept this, um, you know, you, you, the evasion of the truth. The, you, yeah. You, I'm of the cousins who had breast cancer and I said to Mum, oh, I have to go and start having mammograms because I'm the oldest in the family, not just mm. like they were. And she, you know, that was an opportunity to say, well, um, mm. yeah. Or when I was, or when I was pregnant, I'd say, oh, I bet um, I've made sure I let the um, hospital know that there's twins in the family. Yeah. <laughs> she had twin sisters. Right. You know the. the and I can see it. She just sort of just turn the head to the side and quickly find another subject to talk. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> and I guess that's the the big underlying. I I guess, uh, result of other people's decisions is the emotional, um. Uh, result, I guess, well, the, 
the, the emotional damage or trauma that it's caused adopted kids or however you know would like to be named throughout the years like you know there's opportunities to tell the truth um which get past that's got to have a bearing mm. Mm. the the other thing which uh, rises to the fore occasionally is frustration my adopted mum died in 2002 my birth mum died in 2009 so oh. you know it, there was still that opportunity there to have met her and the frustration frustration that I feel that not being able to have met her and held her and mm. and you know reassure her that all is okay yeah I mean how she felt when my birthday would come around and and especially when I was 18 or 21 you know 21 was when you had voting rights yeah um, she was probably she'd probably be waiting for me to rock up. Yeah, or especially after the laws changed in Australia in the um, what would it be late 80s, early 90s um, mm. with mm. freedom of information and all of that. And then the next step is with the DNA information being available. Um, mm. And I, I guess, um, yeah, it does, it does go both ways to a degree. However... Um, depending on on how they view things, they might think, "Oh, it's not my, not my right, or uh, it's not my area to look at." If I, you know, had to give up a child, they might think that you know it's up to the child to look. Um, who knows? It's mm. a, it's a, yeah. Unfortunately, it's a it's a unique situation in every story. Um, and yeah, so of, of your birth family, um, so you've met, have you met one of your half sisters? No, no, I've only seen them on the computer because as, as we know, I'm in Cyprus and then with COVID, I haven't been able to get across, but, um, um, I'm hoping upon hope that at the end of this year I can return to Australia and um, I'm looking to maybe buy a camper van and because I've got family in Perth, yep. in Western Australia, <coughs> a couple of daughters and grandchildren, um, travel east, get to um, the town where my daughter died and um, where she's buried and then make my way east to Melbourne to another daughter and up the east coast and catch up with the families because um there's one in canberra there's um place in sydney i want to visit and then up queensland and that's where all the family are and the places that um the birth mamas lived and and even the birth dad see where his business was and all the rest of it you know so yeah um, <coughs> yes i'm hoping upon hope to do that toward the end of this year right You'll have to keep us updated, Betty. <laughs> I want to do it while I still can because I've tipped the scales at 70 now. So while I've still got it, I've, I'm very, very fortunate to have good health. So yep. I want to stay that way for a bit and do it while I can. 
Yeah, absolutely. You um, you, you might be able to um, do a roving report, um, or as an update <laughs> or something like that for us. And I'm hoping I get a chance to meet Di. Yeah, she's very kindly um, um, taken me on board as a research assistant, and even. Um, I've gained a lot more knowledge about DNA, so um, I'm not as good as any of the more experienced search angels, but uh, I've got a much, much better understanding of how DNA works and how to um, um, put DNA matches into a family tree now. So I feel blessed. Yeah, absolutely. And it does seem... Sorry? No, I was going to say, and, and, and Diane's been just great. I mean, if the air is blue around South Queensland it's because she's <laughs> frustrated <laughs> because I've gone down another rabbit warren. Because <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting sidetracked with newspaper clippings or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, it's good fun. Absolutely. So I guess with, um, unless you've got something else that you wanted to, add i was going to say um talking if you're talking to any person with adoption in their story in their life story what advice would you have for them whether they're a birth parent an adoptive parent an adopted child or whoever have you got Mm. any advice you'd like to give them oh i don't know about advice. everybody's different uh, when you're searching and, and when you find out, you know, you've always got to bear in mind you don't know the circumstances surrounding your birth. I'm talking as a, a child here. Mm-hmm. You don't know this, you know, there's so many scenarios. I I was wondering myself, you know, what's the scenario? Well, um, I don't believe I was a result of a rape. Yep. But the fact that you know my cousin's gotten birth name, so if mm. I'd been a rape, I don't think <laughs> birth mother could have cared to hurt, you know. Yeah. Yep. But um, you you just don't know circumstances. You've got to tread gently. You follow what Diane advises. Um, she's only doing it because she's seen so many um, people just lose any hope of contact because um, the broken rule. I mean, yes, I did contact matches and all, but I didn't know I was adopted. Yeah. And um, I was just lucky in how people were helping me. Guy in Queensland, he ended up sending me just about a book on all of um, Jones is the family name. Mm -hmm. And... um, (laughs) which is common as muck. Yeah. <laughs> but he sent me the book on the, you know, the history of all the family members and who they are, where they all, all came from. Yep. If you're a birth mother seeking your child, again, you're not going to know what circumstances they've grown up in. You're hoping upon hope they've grown up with a, a good family. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's so lovely when I hear adoptive and birth families intermingling and um, accepting how each other's situation has been and, and 
that the child is the one that's the most important in in the situation yeah it's so, true but just yeah. yeah just just be gentle yes i think that's uh, very very good advice not just for uh people with adoption in their, in their lives but in general if we can all be gentle and kind the world would be a much better place i think <laughs> i wouldn't ever yeah yeah Right on. Well, thanks very much for sharing your story with us, Betty. Um, safe oh. travels when you come back to Australia. Thank you. And I hope... Thank you, Wonderland, for listening. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure we'll have a, a an awesome audience on, on this as with all the other episodes. Um, and, yes, thank you again. And, yeah, all the very, very best. I hope you have some more positive stories to tell us Next time we catch up. <laughs> I'm sure I will. No worries. Thanks, Meg. Thanks, Betty. Cheers. Bye. Bye. That was Betty Ballard, folks, with her adoption story. And as always, if you've got a story that you'd like to tell, drop me a line, look us up on the Facebook page, The Adoption Chronicles, and we would love to have you on to tell your story. Um all the stories we have here on the Adoption Chronicles are unique and we don't promise good stories, bad stories. They are just life stories. And I hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you all next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.